Good morning. It's good to see y'all. Um, I know some of the older men by name, and uh, but I don't think I know the younger generation very well. Um, just a little bit of background. We would have started going to charity um, church when I was, well, in, in 89, so I would have been seven or eight years old. And I believe Brother John's then started coming to charity in 90 or so. Um, and so I would have known them. And Niels, um, you probably started there even before we were. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those would be two that I know well. And Myron, he was, he was there also, I believe. Um, and then we went to the same cell group as Brother John for mm, three, four years maybe. Um, so I, uh, I know the older men a little better, but the younger ones I, uh, maybe I'll get to know better. Okay, let's, um, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we come to you this morning. It's with joy that we come to you and that we can put our hands into yours and say, Abba Father, will you lead us? Will you guide us? We know that you want to, Lord, you want to sanctify us and make us more like you. And, um, Father, as we live in this present evil world, as we live out our lives, um, salvation is more than just a one-time experience. It's a continual, day-by-day walking and fellowshipping with you, Lord, and as we break the bread of life here this morning, would you um, break it to us, Lord? I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to feed on your word, and I pray for this congregation here that is gathered in your name, and pray that you would come and minister to them, minister to the hearts. You know each one um, who is uh, full of faith and who is um, rejoicing, or maybe... Um, who has fallen in this past week and is feeling defeated or uh, maybe they're discouraged, Lord. And um, you have come to bring life and life more abundant. So I just pray for each one, Father, that uh, you would give your grace this morning. Lord, break thou the bread of life, we pray, Father. And um, do bless my tongue also, Lord, as the messenger Lord, I tremble as I stand in the pulpit of the Lord to share the word of God. And I pray that it would come um, in its entirety, come with um, your conviction, Lord, into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls here, Lord. And So we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> My theme this morning, the theme verses would be out of Matthew chapter 11. So let's look at. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye. That labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The title uh, this morning is, Learn of Me, Dash Meekness. So, um, I have been... Uh, 
realizing that I lack meekness. And particularly, as I've been relating to my children, um, I guess as I was, <clears throat> oh, the past month or so, I was uh, noticing that my, my tone was too sharp. And I was, um, um, well, I guess we're going through a bit of a stressful time right now. We just sold our property uh, on Thursday evening, I guess, and we we're planning to move to another one. And um, when you have added stresses, um, sometimes you feel a little more, um, yeah, it weighs on me as the dad and as the husband and the provider and so on, you know. And and um, I have been praying, Lord, I I I want to be, I want to be uh, meek. I want to be yes, have a clear, uh, you know, give clear direction to my children, but um, not to be sharp, not to be be annoyed. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so this this message came to my heart, and as brother when brother John asked me if I'd share. Um, I, I looked into it a little bit more. So I was deeply convicted and challenged, and I'm asking God to sanctify me and change me more as we, uh, as I grow in grace. Okay. Learn of me. Meekness. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Let's look first. Who is speaking? Who is speaking? So it's Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty. Jesus didn't, um, he didn't have to have anyone cater to him, or, uh, no, I, I should say it this way. He should have had everyone cater to him because he's the King. He's the Lord of Lords. He, he, um, he gets all the honor and all the glory. He's the Sovereign, the Supreme Judge, the Son of God. Creator of the world and mankind. But yet he humbled himself. He became a man. He became flesh and dwelt among men. And um, we'll look at, uh, well, let's turn to Hebrews um, 5. I believe that's the verse where it says that he humbled himself, became a man, and then even um, humbled himself some more to die. Okay, that's the one that says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Um, I guess I didn't write down the the verse where it says, He, um, uh, we've we've heard about the uh, seven steps down that Jesus took, you know, and he just kept going down. He he wasn't born into a fancy home, into a, um, as a king's son or anything like that. He was born into a simple home, um, was the son, actually, uh, he was called a bastard, you know, um, a illegitimate child because they couldn't figure this out. You know, how can a virgin be with child? And um, well, it must be because there was things going on that shouldn't be. Um, so he was even called a bastard. Who would want to be called that? Um, so, <clears throat> but he... Um, he humbled himself. He was meek and lowly. He also did not revenge himself against those who, who hurt him. And look at First Peter. Chapter 2 for a verse here. First Peter chapter 2 verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. 
When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins and his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. We were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. So he, when he was reviled, he did not revile again. When he suffered, he did not threaten. So we are, we are learning who is speaking here. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. It is this Jesus, the, the Christ, that is saying, learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. I looked up meekness in the Merriam-Webster um, dictionary. Um, the definition there would be enduring injury with patience and without resentment, not having or showing any feelings of superiority, self-assertiveness, or showiness. Um, Howard Bean in Fruitful Families, this book, I'm not sure if uh, you all know it or have used it, but we enjoyed going through this as a family for our family uh, devotions. Um, he has at least two of them. We, we've gone through two of them, or going through two of them. Um, Howard Bean describes it, uh, describes meekness as a submissive attitude toward God that reveals itself in gentleness toward others. Controlled strength. So a submissive attitude toward God, like what, um, uh, is it Joshua that shared the children's class? Is it Joshua? Yeah. Um, he was talking about attitudes, and I had to think how that if we have a submitted attitude, a submissive and submitted attitude toward God, accepting whatever God brings into our lives, um, and not feeling like we deserve and we, you know, people should, or yeah, if something comes against us, well, I don't deserve that. Um, if our attitude in, instead is an attitude of thanksgiving and gratefulness and a submitted attitude toward, toward God, what he's bringing in, then we'll, um, we'll be gentle toward, toward others is the way it seems. And I, I really want that. I want to be gentle and um, gracious controlled strength the picture is is given of an of an animal that is trained so let's think of, of horses um, a, a horse has a lot of power has a lot of strength and a, a wild horse is really good for nothing except to look at you know it um, the, the if it's running across the field the tails flying the manes you know flying and it might look nice running in the wind, but it's good for nothing, basically. There's, there's nothing productive happening. Um, he's not plowing any ground. He's not, you know. But if you take that horse, you train him, you get him to submit his will to you, and um, he submits to the bit and the bridle and to the harness, you can get a lot of work done with him. And he's productive, and he's just as strong, just as... Um, um, Free, in a sense, and that's something we're going to look at later. How that, <clears throat> okay, so in this, in, in our thinking, um, in our selfish thinking, we, um, think that we should look out for ourselves. And, you know, um, if somebody slights us, well, we slight them back, or, um, things like that. <clears throat> but, um, 
in God's kingdom, in God's way of doing things, we die. We allow ourselves to die. And then um, that actually brings a freedom to us. That actually brings peace in our hearts, a rest in our soul. The end of the... the um, in all three verses, I believe it is, there in Matthew that, that we read, it says, I will give you rest. I'll, you will find rest to your souls. My burden is light. And uh, you would think it would be the other way around. If you... If you have slights come come toward you and you accept them, um, God says that you'll find rest unto your souls. If you strive against um, um, the things that are happening in your life or people cutting you off or whatever, um, that breeds unrest and it, and it makes you agitated. But if you can um, let the things that come into your life um, humble you, uh, make you meek, and you're not, uh, you can k- keep a good attitude, um, even with the things that are coming against us, there's actually a rest and a peace that comes into our hearts and instead of a striving. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> um, controlled strength. Meekness is not weakness. We're not saying that you're a complacent, um, you know, doormat necessarily, but um, it is a a attitude of of um, thankfulness and gratitude, even the, in the midst of trying circumstances. In the Strong's, the definition was given gentle, mild, humble. Um, Howard Bean here has a definition from Vine that I want to read. Vine explains the meaning of meekness. It consists not in a person's outward behavior only, nor yet in his relations to his fellow men. Rather, it is an inward in rot, in rot, grace of the soul, and the exercise of it is first and chiefly toward God. It is the temper of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good, and therefore without disputing or resisting, it is closely linked with humility. You catch all that? It's the temper of the spirit, the in rot grace of the soul. <clears throat> We accept his dealings with us as good. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. This is a, a biblical definition, an example of Christ's meekness and how, how we are to walk in meekness. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 
Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Remember, this is a definition of uh, meekness. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He, you know, Jesus Christ was God. He is part of God. It's not robbery for him to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. I guess here it is that it says, so he was, he was a man, he was a servant. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So that is an example, uh, that's the example that Jesus gave us. He humbled himself, he took on himself um, a servant's heart and was obedient uh, even unto death. The death of the cross. <clears throat> so a biblical definition of, of, of meekness. And you could use, you know, there's lots of synonyms. You could say humility and gentleness and forbearance, charity. Um, if you look at these verses, you know, let, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. So it has a lot to do with the way we think, the way we view things. Um, let each esteem other better than themselves. <clears throat> In John 13, let's um, look at John 13. We all know this passage as where Jesus washed the disciples' feet as an example. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, I would like to look at uh, starting in verse 12. So after he washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I then, your Lord and Master, <clears throat> have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. So here's the example of Jesus in, in their culture. Um, and I'm sure you've all heard this before. Um, in this time frame, they, uh, in order to travel, they had to walk. Um, a lot of a lot of, um, uh, I guess they could take a carriage or something, but a lot of their traveling was done on foot and on dusty paths, and their feet would get dirty. And it was customary when they came into a into a house or into a, a place, they would um, there would be a servant that would wash their feet um, because they have dirty feet, and who wants to sit around with dirty feet? And um, here Jesus used that example um, as a sign of humility and meekness, lowliness. <clears throat> and um, he, he washed the disciples' feet and then said, even so, you ought to wash one another's feet. We practice this as um, communion in our communion services. Do you think it means more than that? I, I think it does. Um, to take... Um, 
take a brother, you know, and say, you know, I'm going to wash his feet in, in prayer, or I'm going to look for areas where I can bless him, where I can encourage him, or, or to your sisters. Um, I like to do that, especially after a uh, communion service, and I, and I wash the brother's feet. I try, I try to take that person for the next six months, or, or however long it is until we do it again, to specifically pray for them and to, you know, that's who I'm going to uh, be thinking about. But then there's there's other ways, you know, someone that has slighted you, uh, that you love, that you know. And isn't it true that often we're, we are hurt most by the ones that we love, the ones that are close to us? Um, we think they should know better, you know, or whatever. Um so to take that person that has slighted you, it's, it's going to happen. Um, we live in this world and um, mistakes, sin, selfishness is in this world. And uh, even though we are wanting to be sanctified day by day, sometimes we act selfish and it hurts other people. And um, But to take that person and to say, I'm going to wash their feet. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to try and help them do what I can to bless them. I think that's what, that would be a part of, anyhow, what the Lord Jesus, the Master, um, was trying to show here, is to is to wash, to give up yourself. Um, the servant that washed the feet, from what I've heard, I actually haven't looked into it real closely, was maybe one of the lowest class of servants. That was one of the jobs that they did not um, particularly like to do. Uh, so, let's look at meekness and how it can work out in our everyday life. I have a few, um, I have two, two headings basically, in relation to God, our relation to God, and then also in relation to, to others. So number one, in relation to God, we recognize that we are but dust and sinful and need salvation and sanctification. Uh, James 1.21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So even in order to receive the word of God into our lives, to receive what God is saying, and the correction, the direction that he's bringing into us, there needs to be humility or meekness um, in order to receive that. Um, I think we've probably all seen someone that is stiff-necked, proud, arrogant, and you can tell them, you can take them to the Word of God, but it just hits a wall. It just doesn't go in, you know, and um, they're not able to humble themselves. Um, it seems like there needs to be an attitude, um, a, a receptive heart, in order for the Word of God to actually go in and penetrate and to bring forth fruit. Um, so let's cultivate that. I think as as parents, that's one of our jobs, one of our responsibilities, is to cultivate in our children a a, a humble, uh, receptive heart. So when we bring discipline into their life, when we um, give instruction, they need to receive it joyfully. They need to receive it, um, you know, um, not, you know, with a stiff neck and a, and a proud heart and you know they we, we are trying to get them to um, to have a humble heart and so that's something that I think about 
Um, I'm not just bringing discipline into this child's life because they, they did wrong. It's also to humble their heart and to, and to make them, um, to help them to just humble themselves and to receive the instruction. If they don't receive it, it's not going to help anything, really. Um, and I think all you older fathers or any father um, can testify to that. So in relation to God, we need to have a meekness, a humbleness, uh, in order to receive the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. Now I'd like to look at um, meekness and how it relates to others. I have um, A, B, C, and D down to K, I guess, as thoughts that I have, and there could be a lot more, but some things that I thought about. The first one, as parents. So in everyday life, and I did touch on this a little bit already, um, as parents, how does meekness work out in our everyday life? Like I said, I realized I was speaking harshly. Um, we're to be gently instructing and bringing discipline into their lives. And I'd like to turn to Ephesians. There's quite a few verses in Ephesians that um, we're going to look at here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 is the one that I took for this. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I think that provoking your children to wrath could be done several different ways. One could be uh, from a harsh daddy, you know, someone that's just uh, demanding, harsh, that will provoke them to wrath. <clears throat> I believe another way would be a... Um, Maybe a weak father, someone that does not bring direction and, and clear direction, discipline into their life. Um, I've seen, anyhow, that that also provokes children to wrath because they don't have any clear direction. They just kind of, and then they don't really, um, it, they're very unsettled in their, in their heart. And child, uh, children need um, a clear guideline and then they're happy to live inside that. <clears throat> so, um, several ways that we can, as fathers, provoke our children to wrath, and we want to be careful not to be harsh, um, to be gentle in our in our direction. Then B, I have as ministers or leaders in the church, um, and for that one, I want to look actually at Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. <clears throat> verse 24 and 25. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So as, as the ministers or leaders in the church, <clears throat> they need to be meek and gentle. Yes, giving instructing, uh, instruction, um, teaching, apt to teach, but patient and gentle. And, amen. Also in Second uh, Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffering and doctrine, you—if uh, you have 
um, reproof and and um, exhorting without long suffering, it doesn't work. Um, and uh, we all know that. Any of us. I was going to mention um, this ministers or leaders title here. It's not just to the ordained. Um, all of us are a leader in some way. Um, you are mamas, you're a, you're a leader in your home, daddies, um, employers, um, even older siblings. You know, you um, help teach your, your younger ones. Um, we all have a place of leadership. There's always somebody following you. So if there's someone following you, then you're a leader, right? Um, and so I think it is, it's important for all of us to be gentle, uh, patient, long-suffering, um, that the ones following, following us um, have a good, good taste in their mouth. They, they're, they're not always eating baking soda. <clears throat> All right. Um, though baking soda is good, right? I mean, it's good for some things. It's, um, we, we need it. <laughs> you know, that's part of life. Or baking powder maybe is even worse. Okay, for so C, I has uh, I have for um, this is meekness, walking in meekness in everyday life for the em- employers. Ephesians six verse nine. So I'm going to go back to Ephesians again. <clears throat> Ephesians six verse nine. <clears throat> and you masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening. Knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is the respect of persons with him. So as employers, we want to be meek and gentle, forbearing, threatening. And D, I have as employees, Ephesians 6, 5 to 8. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So he's speaking to us that work for somebody else, to <clears throat> to be obedient and to be um, even have fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. So I believe we can practice meekness, um, good attitudes, the right attitudes as employees. Um, e, I have as husbands, Ephesians 5, verse 25. <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, to the end of the chapter there. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined into his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. 
we have a high calling, husbands, to love our wives, to wash them in the word. And I know I don't um, always do as I should. Um, to die, give up ourself, our selfish ways um, for the betterment of our wives. Uh, we have a high calling and walking in meekness in this way. <clears throat> F, I'd like to look at uh, meekness in relating um, as wives. Ephesians five twenty two. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And jumping down to verse 33, uh, the end of that verse says, And the wife see that she reverence her husband. So wives, it is your high calling to honor and reverence and respect and um, have right attitudes toward your husband and to uh, in in meekness when he fails to um, to love him respect him um, many a husband has been won or even has been brought under conviction by by a wife that that honors and respects her her husband <clears throat> Okay, G, I'd like to look at the children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Um, So children, it is your place also to be meek and to have a right attitude and to um, to be honoring um, your parents. Honor thy father and mother. There is a promise that comes with that. God gives you a promise. If you choose to honor your parents, um, it will go well with you, it says. That's quite a promise. We praise the Lord for that. H, I have as a brotherhood. We'll look at verse 21 there in chapter 5. Ephesians, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another. Thank you, brother. Okay. Yeah, good. All right. So that takes a lot of meekness and humility when, um, you know, a brotherhood is a group of men and women, um, brothers and sisters, saints that are called out. But uh, we don't always look look at things the same. We're not all cut out of the same cookie cutter, which is good. You know, God likes diversity, um, and it is it is healthy actually to to discuss things and to um, to have some different viewpoints. It's actually a good thing. But learning to submit one to another, and if we don't have that that meekness, that humility, that willingness to submit one to another, um, we've all seen how that just tears and rips and hurts tremendously. And um, so, I want to encourage us as a as a brotherhood, as a as a church body, to submit one to another and to encourage one another. Um, yeah. The world is looking on. 
I find it um, challenging, I guess, to say how that, <clears throat> in the scripture, I didn't look this verse up, but it says, um, how will the world see Christ, basically? It's um, by watching our love one to another, the way we relate with each other. They will see Christ in that. And that's, that's um, when, when I see Christians that are, that, that, that name the name of Christ, and yet, um, because of something as foolish as money or whatever, there's fighting and you know tension and whatnot. It, yeah, I think that really troubles the heart of God. So as a as a brotherhood, let's submit one to another in the fear of God. I I would have, and this is remember this is underneath uh, meekness in everyday life. When suffering wrongfully or being taken advantage of, let's look at First Peter chapter three. First Peter, chapter three, verse eight. Verse eight and following. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good, let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Uh, to verse 17. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always, always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, there, remember, being submitted to God, if it is God's will, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. We don't want to suffer for evil-doing. So, when we suffer for righteousness' sake, or someone slights us, or um, there we feel like we're taken at advantage of, we are told to return good for evil, to um, to uh, keep our tongues they, um, from evil, and that our lips will not speak any guile. So let's um, let's be careful. Let's walk in meekness. When people come against us, and I want to read um, a short story here out of Fruitful Families. Um, <clears throat> this is about Booker T. Washington. Does any of the children remember who Booker T. Washington is? Remember him? He's a um, African American who. Um, was a great educator. He founded the Tuskegee Institute. <clears throat> I think he's the one that developed the uh, peanut. 
there was um, cotton was raised down south. I guess Matt Feener would know some something about the south and about uh, um, cotton and peanuts. Anyways, um, the uh, ground was basically being uh, deprived of its nutrients because they weren't rotating their uh, their uh, crops. They were just growing cotton and. He wanted to help them. He grew up as a poor slave boy. Well, I think it was after emancipation. Um, but he was still, I think his dad was a sharecropper, but it was still very, um, very hard life. And, um, so he started experimenting with the, with the peanuts. And they were putting whatever cotton took out, I forget, the peanuts were putting it back into the soil. Um, but then all of a sudden they had loads of peanuts. And no market. And so he developed then uh, markets, uh, uh, lots of products, over 100 some products uh, um, out of the peanut. And um, really became a famous man, but he was also a very meek man. So this was, this story happened after he was a famous man. I appreciate the meek attitude and action of Booker T. Washington, who was born a slave. Okay, he was born a slave. But who became a great educator, founding the Tuskegee Institute. He served as its, as its principal and advised President Roosevelt. After he became a prominent and influential figure, a woman one day called out to him as he walked down the street. She had not recognized him and yelled, Hey, you, come in here and chop some wood. Um, we don't face that very much here, but um, there, was a, there was a day and age when um, the African American especially was um, used as cheap labor and was very um, slighted against. Washington cheerfully turned into her sidewalk, took off his coat, and chopped the wood. He carried it into the house before leaving. A servant girl recognized him and told her her employer who he was. The woman was dismayed and appalled at how she had treated this great African-American. She immediately went to apologize. It's quite all right, ma'am, he replied. I delight to do favors for my friends. That was a good attitude, wasn't it? Um, he didn't know her from Adam, you know, but he had a good attitude and he said, I'm going to serve this lady. I'm going to chop her wood. And, um, you know, even if she would have never found out who he, who he was, um, let us uh, have an attitude like that. <clears throat> Oh, and also, George Washington Carver. Does anyone remember who that is? There's another African-American. Um, and I can't remember right now exactly what all he did. But um, an influential man. Um, right here, yeah. Meekness is needed in the presence of condescension. George Washington Carver, great scientist and inventor, was standing along a street in Alabama. A white woman thought he was a poor black laborer looking for work. She called him to paint her fence. Sure, I'd be happy to, he said. After several hours, a friend told the woman who he was. She was horrified at her mistake and apologized for her attitude. He replied, that's okay. I didn't have much to do today. I'm very happy to paint your fence. That's uh, challenging to me. We are not used to being slighted like that. Um, so when suffering insults or being taken advantage of, 
We want to be meek and have a grateful, thankful attitude. J, that I have down, when a job needs done, especially a dirty or undesirable job. Um, and read another story here. Sometimes um, we can be glad to serve when there's recognition or when uh, the job is not that bad. Um, here's a little story of a, um, a principal in a Bible school that showed meekness. I like the story of a Bible school principal in Manila. The son of a wealthy Filipino businessman arrived as a student. He soon informed the principal that the bathroom and toilet in the boys' dorm was dirty. The principal said, I'll take care of it. The student assumed that the principal would send a servant. So the student grew up as a, as a wealthy, in a wealthy home and he was used to having servants. The principal said, I'll take care of it. A few minutes later, the student heard the sounds of splashing and scrubbing. Sometime later, he saw the principal emerge, wet with sweat. Your bath is clean, he said. Sir, you didn't, protested the student. The principal nodded. We can't afford to have a janitor, so we do things for ourselves here. It was a lesson in meekness that the student never forgot. There's another story of, of, a, of a man that he didn't have to go clean the bathroom, but he did it. And um, even though it was dirty, maybe an undesirable job, um, uh, a lesson in meekness, humility. The last one that I have, um, meekness in daily life um, toward animals. I think... Um, we we owe it to the uh, not not to be uh, uh, a tree hugger or or you know to put animals above where they need to be, but uh, we do owe it to be have right attitudes and to care for our animals. Um, like in Proverbs twelve, it says, "A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast." Um, so that was another one that I thought about because I'm I'm a hoof trimmer. I trim uh, dairy cows and. Uh, they can um, get under your skin sometimes. <laughs> they can get pretty annoying if they don't uh, cooperate. And I've and I've been trying to learn um, um, to be gentle, to be calm. And if and if I'm gentle and calm, it's amazing how animal even animals can pick up on your attitudes, and um, they'll be a lot calmer if if the people around them are calm. Now I want to look at uh, promises to the meek. So we were looking at um, why we should be meek and, and different people and different uh, parts of our life where we should be meek. Well, let's, let's look at some promises to the meek. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but most of the scriptures that we read had some blessing pronounced. If you are meek, this is the blessing. This is the fruit. Like there in um, Matthew 11, rest to your souls. Um, I will give you rest. Um, who here doesn't want, you know, we, we all want rest. We want peace. We want joy. And um, God says that um, his promise is that we will have rest to our souls if we learn of him. If we learn of him and his meekness and his lowliness, we'll have rest unto our souls. Psalms 22, 26a says, The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Psalms 37, 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth. 
Also in Matthew uh, 5, it talks about that. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So no, the meek man might not have, um, he actually might lose some money on a, on something, you know, because he, he was taken at advantage of, or um, he might not have as much as some other people, but it says that he'll have peace. And um, I want peace in my heart. I want rest in my soul instead of what the world has to offer. Psalms 147.6a The Lord lifteth up the meek. We want to be lifted up, and the Lord will lift us up. Psalms 149.4 For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Amen. Isn't that a promise? Doing things God's way brings his blessing. Our way brings strife, confusion, hatred, and even death. Heeding God's way, walking in meekness and humility, brings a rest and a peace to our hearts and lives. No fighting to keep our reputation um, or things. So, um, there are many blessings to the, to the meek. Now I'd like to remind us that meekness is not weakness or complacency. Um, I believe we do need to be focused, live our lives on purpose, give clear direction to our children. And I've, I've, I've shared uh, some of this earlier. Uh, we need to bring discipline in, into their lives, but we need to be gentle and kind. We want to be peacemakers, not pacifists without a backbone. So do you see the difference? Um, Someone that is that is meek can still and needs to still have a clear direction, have a clear vision, be able to chart a course, be able to uh, make something happen. Um, it's not um, pac- pacifism, um, where you just let happen whatever happens and, um, you know, almost a, a nonchalant, don't care attitude. Um, I don't believe that is a true picture of, of a meekness, um, especially for the leader. Um, he needs to chart a course. He needs to set a direction. He needs to have a, have a backbone, um, but to be gentle, to be kind. And um, so I, I want to remind us that, that meekness is not weakness um, or complacency. It doesn't do anybody any good or bring any glory to God to be complacent or weak without a backbone and let sin or foolishness, selfishness to reign in in our lives or our children's lives. Um, We need to take take care of the things that we're called to take care of. All leaders are called to step up and gently but clearly set forth expectations for those who are following Leaders must first live out what they expect others to follow. And that's very important. Uh, no one likes to be told what to do or, you know, this is, this is what the Word of God says. This is, you know, this is how, how to do it and so on. And then they, they look at your life and say, well, you know, he's not living it. Um, it just, yeah, that, that's like vinegar in the eyes. You know, it, um, uh, leaders must first live out what they expect others to follow. Jesus' example is one of servant leadership, proclaiming what is right, teaching, sound doctrine, and he lived it himself. And he was even willing to get dirty, stoop down, help those in need, 
um, let's take an example of that. Anyone in leadership has a high calling to first live it himself and then gently and meekly instruct those that are following. There again, um, that could be a school teacher, that could be anyone um, that's in, in any type of leadership. <clears throat> so to, to recap, um, Jesus said, Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. If you don't have rest in your souls, if you're burdened, if you're if there's um, uncertainty, or and I know we do live, uh, we have to make make decisions. Like I said earlier, um, we're at a time in life where we uh, we're kind of living at two two properties. We bought the other one um, uh, a couple months ago, and so we have our garden over there. So we're running back and forth. It's about 15 minutes away, and so it. it it does bring a little bit of uncertainty into our children's lives, especially. Um, um, they 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 like you know that um, to know what's happening, you know, and they don't quite understand everything, you know what, you know, and so um, um, we. Uh, but we can find rest to our souls if we're meek and lowly, um, and that's what the Lord was speaking to me to just learn of Him. Learn of Jesus. He was meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Meekness, gentleness, humility is needed in order to walk with Christ and relate well with others. We need meekness in order to walk with Christ and relate well with others. God's payment or blessing for, I don't know if payment's the right word, but it's what I put down. God's blessing, payment for letting him Sanctify us and work patience in us is boundless. Like we were, we looked at a little bit, um, his blessings. Um, in this life, peace and joy, rest, assurance, and a promise of eternal life with him in the realms of glory. Let's be known as Christians, little Christ, meek and lowly. And ministering life to those we come in contact with. Wasn't that the way Jesus was? He was, he had good attitudes. He um, was meek and lowly and he ministered life to those that he came in contact with. Whatever the, the occasion, he ministered life. And so, as we claim the name of Christ, as we are Christians, little Christ, let's do the same. Let's be ministering life. And if we're proud and arrogant and, and not, not meek, that doesn't, bring life to others. It instead brings strife and hatred. And um, So, um, my, my burden uh, this, this morning is for all of us to, um, to learn of Christ, to learn, um, to, take, um, to take Jesus. So, in order to learn of Christ, you have to know who Christ is. You know? and, and so, to, to learn of Him, for He is meek and lowly. I'd like to... Uh, Read a quote yet from Howard Bean out of this book here. Quote, God values meekness. He is pleased with Christians who stay cool in hot places, sweet in sour places, and little in big places. Cool in hot places, sweet in sour places, little in big places. May God bless you as a congregation as you um, serve him. As you work together, as you submit one to another, you chart a course, you're having an ordination this evening, praise the Lord. 
That's a good step. Um, practice meekness one with another and um, learn of Christ and um, build God's kingdom by uh, practicing meekness. And thank you a lot for inviting us. Enjoyed being here. Enjoyed the service and looking forward to fellowship with the saints here. Thank you.